Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on the latest USDA crop production report. Out first in today's country comment, we'll chat with Manitoba Beef Producers General Manager Carson Callum. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Manitoba farmers are being encouraged to participate in the forage insurance review currently underway in the province. Carson Callum is general manager of Manitoba Beef Producers. I think it's uh, it's an encouraging thing to see that they're looking to make do this review and, and potentially make some changes to try to really encourage producers to to sign up for these different programs. So overall, I think it's a good thing, and hopefully, uh, hopefully producers are getting their their voice heard in the, some of the things that are concerning with the current programs. What are some of the gaps or challenges with the current program? Well, I know. It, it, I mean, it depends who you talk to, really. It uh, there's various opinions across the province of the responsiveness, what is all covered, um, it, the complications with the current ones. It, it, there's a lot of different, um, a lot of different opinions on the programs, and I'm sure producers will be giving those opinions over the course of the survey, whether that's online or in some of the in-person ones that uh, have been announced. Your group is encouraging producers to, to get out and be part of this process? Absolutely. Uh, it's, you know, these, these reviews don't come that often, so um, the fact that they're doing it now to try to find out what those gaps and challenges really are from producers uh, out there across the province um, so it's encouraging. So we need to we need to get our members and producers really in the province to to get their voice heard. So we really are uh, really trying to push that to our members. As you mentioned, there is the uh, online survey and then um, a number of in person, I guess, uh, consultations as well. Yes, yeah. There's the online survey. There's also some public kiosks at uh, some of the Manitoba and Agri- Manitoba Agriculture and Resource Development locations. Um, that uh, you can go there and and I believe get a paper copy to fill out some of these the the particular survey, and then later on in this month there'll be the there'll be four uh, there's four planned in in person consultations to try to get some of these uh, challenges with the current programs determined. What's the uh, situation been like over the winter here so far as um, uh, in concerning feed? Uh, we hear uh, different accounts. We know lots of producers across the province are short, um, but. I think the weather in general has uh, been decently favorable. So, uh, you know, we haven't had those uh, two-month stretch of in the minus 40. So I think feed supplies are are getting by, but we know things are starting to get low now. And uh, it, it really depends on where you are in the province. That was Carson Callum, General Manager of Manitoba Beef Producers. He's encouraging members to get involved in the forage insurance review process. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The province is currently conducting a review of its forage insurance program. Manitoba Beef Producers General Manager Carson Callum is encouraging members to get involved. The online survey, there's also some public kiosks at uh, some of the Manitoba Agriculture and Resource Development locations that uh, you can go there and, and I believe get a paper copy to fill out some of these, the, the particular survey. And then later on in this month, there's four planned in-person consultations to try to get some of these uh, challenges with the current programs determined. Producers can fill out the online survey until March 15th. March is Canadian Agriculture Literacy Month. Sue Clayton is with Agriculture in the Classroom, Manitoba. 
We have 166 volunteers from across Manitoba that are either producers or they're, they're people that work in the agriculture industry going into classrooms across the province uh, to talk to students about what their particular role is in the agriculture industry. And then uh, we provide our volunteers with a, an age-appropriate book and then a hands-on interactive activity that's uh, linked to curriculum for the specific grade level. The theme this year is technology. And Morris Industries will be permanently closing its Verdon dealership this week. The company, which includes Morris Sales and Service, has been in creditor protection since early January. The Verdon dealership has been serving farmers in the area for the past 53 years. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, March 10th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll talk with a plant specialist about some key canola disease issues. Golden West reporter Stephen Wilson took part in the Weyburn Egg Update last week and talked with Saskatchewan's plant disease specialist Barb Ziesman about some key canola disease issues. First thing is, what is happening with this clubroot and black lake situation, particularly here in southern Saskatchewan? Yeah, so with clubroot, um, we haven't seen clubroot yet this far south, um, but we are still asking producers to make sure that they are paying attention for it, that they're monitoring it. And it is a disease that we do want proactive management. So even though it hasn't been found here, doesn't mean it's not too early to fire to start managing. So talking about extending rotations, making sure that we're monitoring for the presence. If we find it early, it's much easier to manage. Now, what are some of the biosecurity measures that producers need to take uh, into account when it comes to clubroot? Exactly. So with clubroot, biosecurity is really important. It's a way that we can prevent the introduction. With biosecurity, we're talking about trying to minimize soil spread. So knocking off soil between fields, as much soil as you can. That's a rough clean. The percentage of soil that you remove is equivalent to the percentage of risk. If you're purchasing equipment or moving equipment in from higher risk areas, make sure it's fully cleaned before you bring it into your field and into your farm. Um, Thinking about things like a separate entrance and a separate exit. The entrance is typically when we have a new infestation. It's a good way for it to be brought in if it's brought in by equipment. So that's where your highest level of your pathogen is going to be. So then if you leave on an opposite side of the field, it's a way to actually minimize the movement of the pathogen if it was present in your field. So having a designated entrance and exit. Um, Another really important thing is just to make sure that you have open conversations about biosecurity with anyone who's working on your land. Now, what about blackleg with its extent in the province? So blackleg is something that we definitely have seen across the province for a number of years. Um, What's interesting this year is the provincial average um, is consistent with what we've seen in past years, so that's really good. It shows that we are managing it. In southeastern Saskatchewan, though, we did see higher levels compared to the provincial average. And so this could be due to a number of different factors. So it could be due to the weather events that we had occurring. So we did have some adverse weather, hail particularly. So that's a way that you can damage the plant and have opportunistic infection. Other things that could have contributed to higher levels in some fields in the south were things like flea beetle damage, root maggot damage. Those have or leave openings in the plant, allow the black leg fungus to um, in fact, when, if the plant was intact, it may not have been able to. So our recommendation is to producers, if they have saw higher levels of black leg in their fields, to extend those crop rotations. So a minimum of a four-year rotation is our recommendation. 
And to look at your resistant Friday. So if your resistant Friday was resistant and you saw higher levels than what you expected, maybe think about switching a resistant Friday or testing the stubble in your field to understand the avirulence gene of the pathogen and trying to select for a resistant Friday that's going to match that more closely. That was Barb Ziesman, Saskatchewan's plant disease specialist, chatting with Golden West reporter Stephen Wilson. Andre and Katie Stepler of Miami, Manitoba were named as the province's top young farmers at an awards banquet held in Brandon over the weekend. Andre chatted with Golden West reporter Betty Swatsky. There's no doubt that the camaraderie and camaraderie in the industry is just something we all feed off of. Like there's uh, when it, when there's so much electricity and so much chemistry in a room, uh, right from your young farmers that need a little bit of mentorship to to your old alumni that are that are just there just to support you and lend a hand and give a little bit of advice and and just to have a laugh. It's just so awesome. Like uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, we definitely feed off each other. There's no doubt. What would be your message to those young farmers out there who um, they're they're working hard, they're they're keep at it? What would you say to those folks? Uh, my number one message to all young farmers are out there is be proud to be in agriculture. It's an exciting place to have a career. It's a great place to raise a family, and and uh, we should be definitely proud of that. It's it's definitely a bright star in, in our future for sure. And what would you say when you think about community and our farming? our farming community, but our world as a whole. Like, again, this evening we heard a lot about um, folks today are wanting to know more about where their food comes from. And so that message needs to be shared loud and clear and, and more often, right? And so I guess what would be your message to the farmers out there who maybe don't know how to share that message very well? Yeah, our our message, our, our whole farming experience and how we all raise food is an, a beautiful story. And, and we just have a little bit of a disconnect on how to share that message to everyone. Um, the ways we can now use social media and get out and even just be in the public eye and share our story, the more times we do that, the more uh, trust we get and, and we can pull those our our consumers into our community as well too so it's it's something that uh, is really exciting and that's the young generation uh, are doing such a great job promoting that and and carrying forward the other thing i saw very strong family connections uh from the previous generation parents but also the next generation that is coming up behind you pretty quickly and that's your children so uh maybe speak speak to that as well the the benefits that your children and you've had being in that community of farmers yeah, there's no doubt. Our farm is going to, uh, we're a third generation farm. We're 99 years this year of the Stepler farm. Uh, the generations have been uh, very progressive in all their different uh, uh, entities. And I just hope we can pass down our farm and succeed it down to our next generation so they can carry forth with this, indus- uh, this career in the industry. That was Andre Stepler. He and his wife Katie were chosen as the top young farmers in Manitoba. Speaking with Golden West reporter Betty Swatsky. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at goldenwestradio.com. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Marmac Farms is hosting a bull sale tomorrow starting at 1.30 p.m. For more details, go to marmacfarms.net. 
Manitoba Beef and Forage Initiatives is hosting a regenerative agriculture event on March 12th. You can text 204-212-1253 to reserve your spot. The event will take place near Forest, Manitoba. The Stanley Soil Management Association is hosting its AGM March 18th from 10 a.m. until 2 That'll take place at the Pemina Thresherman's Museum located between Winkler and Morden. The Manitoba Farm Safety Conference is happening March 20th at the Morden Access Event Center. Manitoba Pork is hosting its AGM March 25th at the Fairmont Winnipeg. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, the USDA released its March WASDE report this morning. I got the details from Dan Bossy, president of Ag Resource Company in Chicago. Well, uh, the March reports tend to be sleepers, Corey, and this one was uh, falling in that vein. In fact, it's maybe the most uh, uh, lackluster statistical report I've seen in some time. USDA left the corn, soybean, and wheat stocks unchanged from February. And so uh, those are numbers for wheat are 940 million bushels, corn 1892, 1.892 billion bushels, and 425 on, on soybeans. So no changes for the U.S. balance sheets. Uh, they did raise the Brazilian soybean crop by one to a record large 126 million metric tons for soybeans out of Brazil. And the Argentinian soybean crop was also raised one to 54 million metric tons. This lifted uh, world soybean production to 342 million metric tons. Uh, and also increased stocks. So uh, if there was any aspect of the report, you'd say it'd be a little negative on South America. Other than that, uh, there really wasn't much change in world corn or world soybeans. Uh, China's imports on beans were left unchanged at 88 million metric tons. Coronavirus was not evident in the report, uh, and I would also mention that the uh, the uh, attaché, if you will, the U.S. egg attaché, or we call it FAS, Foreign Egg Service here in the United States, did raise China's old crop stocks in corn by 11 million metric tons, but it looks like USDA decided to wait a month or two before pulling that forward. So China's still sitting on a record cachet of corn, uh, somewhere on 223 million metric tons. So as you stand back from the report, nothing changing very much. We'll now look forward to the USDA report on the 31st of March, which will be stocks and seedings. Maybe we'll get some, uh, some, uh, some feedback there before we look at the planting season. And uh, did we see any uh, movement on, in the markets? No, Chicago held relatively steady. We're trading up uh, really on the, uh, the gains in the stock market, a uh, little bit of short covering following the lashing that a lot of markets took yesterday. So we have the corn market in Chicago up uh, 2 to 4. Uh, soybeans are up 7 to 8. The wheat markets were higher by a couple of cents. Now they're lower by 1 to 2 cents. But very, very quiet trade here. Not a lot of volume uh, or activity going on. That was Dan Bossy with Ag Resource Company in Chicago talking about this morning's USDA production report. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The USDA released its March WASDE report this morning. Dan Bossy is president of Ag Resource Company in Chicago. The March reports tend to be sleepers. This one was uh, falling in that vein. In fact, it's maybe the most uh, uh, lackluster statistical report I've seen in some time. USDA left the corn, soybean, and wheat stocks unchanged from February. And so uh, those are numbers for wheat are 940 million bushels, corn 1892, 1.892 billion bushels, and 425 on, on soybeans. So no changes for the U.S. balance sheets. Bossy says coronavirus was not evident in the report. This year, Canadian Agriculture Literacy Month will reach over 8,200 students in 188 schools in Manitoba. Sue Clayton is with Agriculture in the Classroom. This is our 10th year. It started as Canadian Agriculture Literacy Week in Manitoba, 
And uh, within two or three years, it changed into a month. Every year, the program grows exponentially. In Manitoba, it will grow about 20, 25% a year, every year. This year, over 160 volunteers are taking part in the program. And Manitoba farmers are being encouraged to participate in the Forage Insurance Review currently underway in the province. Carson Callum is General Manager of Manitoba Beef Producers. These reviews don't come that often, so the fact that they're doing it now to try to find out what those gaps and challenges really are from producers out there across the province, it's encouraging. So we need to get our members and producers really in the province to to get their voice heard. We really are uh, really trying to push that to our members. Producers are encouraged to fill out the online survey or attend one of the upcoming public consultations. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.